So hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Race IndyCar podcast. It might be the off-season, but don't forget to check in on some of our recent episodes. We've interviewed the IndyCar champion Alex Pillow, Indy Lights champion Kyle Kirkwood, and even Al Unser Jr. on his latest book, A Checkered Past, all of those since the season has finished. There's no J.R. Hildebrand this week as he takes a short break, and with me as his co-host, who could blame him? But instead, this week, I'm joined by one of the people behind Honda's successes in IndyCar this year, the president of Honda Performance Development, David Salters. David, thanks for joining us all the way from Mexico, and, and thanks for making the time. We really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much, Jack. Yeah, I've stuck at, snuck off with my daughter for the weekend for a bit of kiteboarding, which is actually Romain Grosjean's fault because he suggested kiteboarding. So there you go. <laughs> well, there we go. If you need uh, travel advice, Roman Grosjean is the man to go to. We'll have to ask him next time he comes on the show where uh, he recommends we should go on a holiday and see if we can, uh, maybe he'll recommend the same place. Yeah. We'll, have, we'll have to wait and see. Before joining HPD, David worked in F1 for Ferrari, Mercedes and Ilmore and has had a brilliant career. And I guess I have to ask, where does IndyCar rank in terms of how much you're enjoying it compared to some of your other kind of high profile roles that you've held in the past? So all the... Uh... All these things are a challenge, and uh, I've loved all of them. I'm particularly enjoying what we do at the moment. And like, like most things in life, it's due to the people. The, you know, we've had some reasonable success in the last years at HPD, and it's it's just down to people. We've got a great team, all working together, pushing in the right direction. So the, I'm really enjoying what I'm doing at the moment, and it's really due to the the quality of the people we have, and it uh, it makes it uh, that's what makes the difference in the end. But they've all been a great challenge, and uh, loving this one. I'm sure you've brought some some kind of fresh ideas to to the kind of new role that, that you've taken up at, at HPD. Obviously, been there since 2015, I think it is now. But what have you kind of what have you tried to bring, given you know the the kind of amazingly diverse experience that, that you've had in your motorsport career what have you tried to, to kind of bring to this role well the um the, the key bit in what we do is that there's a few key bits so try and understand what you're doing so that's setting up the tools you need your sort of engineering foundations and simulations pretty strong these days and the way you test mm-hmm. and understand is strong so getting the engineering foundations in um just helping people uh with the right direction and the resources to do that you know, we've got a super strong team. Everyone knows what to do. It's just empowering them to, you know, be able to do their jobs. So bringing that really empower the people to do their jobs. And then just help, help, you know, at some point we all get stuck with decisions, help, help make the decision. It's, um, you know, you have to, motor racing doesn't work too well as a sort of committee. So, you know, get everyone's best ideas. Generally, that means that decision makes itself because facts facts or what you want to base it on and the facts come out and if it doesn't sometimes you just got to do stuff whether you like it or not and uh, help make the decision you know you you can't sit there hoping things will fix themselves you got to fix them so and sometimes you don't have all the information at which point take responsibility and uh, you know help move things on I guess you, you make it sound so simple but I, I know for a fact that it isn't and that you deserve a lot of credit for the, the work you do at HPD I guess um, <laughs> I wanted to ask you about the 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 kind of Let's contextualise this in, in current IndyCar. Obviously, the rules have been quite, well, almost exactly the same for, for quite a number of years now. So how do you kind of approach each season based on the fact that, 
you know, there's not going to be a change that you can make to the engine that's going to give you three or four tenths over the, over the course of a lap. That just doesn't exist at the moment, does it? So how do you kind of approach this, this task of, of knowing that it's going to be very difficult to improve, but there are, you know, some very small gains that you can make each year? Okay. So the, obviously we squeeze everything we can out of the engine. There's, there's a number of components which are open and we've, we've squeezed, you know, pretty much what you can out. The engine's getting, uh, long in the tooth as well so just keeping it in one keeping it in one piece is a reasonable challenge <laughs> as you could see during the season unfortunately so it is at the raggedy edge of what we can do with it but you know you're trying to balance that and quality becomes you know a real thing to keep on top of especially when you got you know we've got up to 15 cars set out there and it's it's a high level of technology in these engines. So it's not like the things, you know, having an easy life. So it's at the raggedy edge. You've got a lot of cars out there. So that's, that's a big challenge, but we squeeze out everything we can. And then it, it's a car that crosses the finish line, the whole car. So what can we do around that car to help? And we, HPD is, is not, it started off as a engine company, but we, we have a really good aerodynamics group. We have a vehicle dynamics group. We have a driver in the loop simulator. We have an electronics group, materials group, design group, development group. You know, we've got manufacturing group, assembly, everything we need to really help in many facets of the car. And um, that's where you, and that's the secret of most motorsport, to be honest with you. It's trying to help on, it's, it's all the bits, of, it's the sum of the parts. That, that makes the difference and um, yep. trying to apply that methodology, the sum of the parts and squeeze little bits out of lots of places. You know, the so-called accumula accumulation of marginal gains, which they use a lot in sport, that, that sort of mentality is where we're at. So, which is quite delightful because it then means the engineers get to learn a lot of stuff that's not in their discipline uh, and me, which is lovely. It's not, you know, I'm not an expert on a lot of these things. So I get to learn and we, we all love, you know, if you've learned something, it's quite nice. So looking at all parts of the car and seeing where we can help the teams. I'm really glad you brought that up, actually, because I think there's maybe some fans out there who don't realise how how much work you actually do outside of the engine, which doesn't sound uh, yeah. particularly normal to say out loud. But the like you said, you know, the the sum of the parts is is the the kind of goal to to improve. And it's really interesting to to hear a little bit about that. I guess the the kind of the big visual change for for this year was the the exhaust that that, that you kind of um, made a few changes with. But what kind of um, impact has that had? Do you think? And and also just run us through maybe some of the things that that you kind of look to improve for twenty twenty one that maybe people can't see on on the outside. Yeah, the um, so the like I said, we we help the teams with aero. The, we have a driver in the loop simulator with a group of people and some clever lap time simulation uh, code that we do. And then we write a lot of the code internally. So a lot of the physics. So that, you know, driver in the loop simulator is like a flight simulator, basically, that the drivers use. And we write a lot of the physics that goes in there. And you imagine the modeling tires and things is the key bit to that. So there's a lot of that stuff goes on. And the closer we can get with that and the... You know, you want to unload for the weekend, ready to rock. And um, so tight in IndyCar now that that makes a big difference. You know, if you can if you can start well, you can you can build. So we've, with our deal and all that sort of stuff, we try and help the teams there. And um, 
you know, there's like you say, there's exhaust and all that sort of stuff. All the bits you're going to play with, you're going to play with. It's um, it's you know, where can you find areas that you can improve performance from? So we we constantly try and see where we can do that. And uh, you know, like I say, some of the parts it all all adds up. <laughs> how um how obviously you've won the the last two Indy 500s now, which is obviously a, another kind of massive part of the the equation. We're not just thinking about championships at IndyCar, we're thinking about the Indy 500 and, and you know, being as success, successful as possible there. But just wanted to kind of uh, kind of retrace the the steps a little bit. And obviously you've, you know, been part of and uh, been to some amazing events in, in the course of your career and been lucky enough to work with teams that have won the, the, the these massive events. How, how sort of, how taken aback were you by the, the Indy 500 and how rewarding is it to, to have won the last two of those, you know, as a as someone working for HPD. Straight up, it's the best thing I've ever participated in. Monaco's pretty spectacular. Monza, Monza mm. with Ferrari is, it's our, it's their Indy 500 basically. So participated in that, but actually the Indy 500 as an event, if you get a chance to go, and I was lucky enough to go to like the hundredth uh, when we won with mm. um, with Alex Rossi. And there was three hundred and fifty thousand people there, and you could—I mean, you got forty. You, you got a field of really loud cars, and you can just hear the crowd. And it's <laughs> um, and the show—you know, the the way they go, where we go racing in the US—it's a great show. It's very accessible, all that sort of stuff. So it's all accessible. And the—if you get a chance, go the Indy Five Hundred. It's it's the most breathtaking thing I've seen. And then you got cars racing at 200 plus miles an hour, which is, you know, mind boggling, really. It's like like watching planes racing. Um, (laughs) And then you, the ramp up to qualifying is, I, I don't know about the drivers, but my heart rate is in the red effectively because the stakes just keep going (laughs) up, you know, every, that fast nine, everyone's going a little bit faster and a little bit faster and they're trimming the cars out more. And it's real. That is the last gladiators as far as I can see. It's real gladiatorial stuff. It's how they do it. I do not know, but I'm completely <laughs> in awe of all of them. But if you get a chance, go the Indy 500. It's, it's you know, it's the biggest race in the world, arguably, isn't it? So, I guess for... For the fans who are maybe watching from from the beginning of May is when the 500 really starts to starts to ramp up and you start to see entry lists and people talking about the event and, and things like that. But I, I guess you're so much more invested in it just from the point of view that, you know, I guess you start developing, um, you know, next year's Indy 500 kind of ideas immediately after the, the checkered flag, I imagine, it, over at HPD. Yep. That's exactly how it works. So we allow ourselves a little break and a regroup. And then, yeah, a week or two later, we're sort of pulling together the ideas while it's fresh in our minds and getting together the jobs list. And uh, off we go. So, yeah, we're, you know, we're into that starts. Yeah, we never lets up really. But that's the case for all motor racing these days. There's no, there's no off season really. You're either in season or you're developing. It's you know it's one of the two. So it's it's continuous. One of the we we mentioned earlier about the the kind of the some of the parts and the things that you're doing outside of the engine to try and help teams. And one of the things that was really obvious from speaking to the drivers in in 2021 was that they're really happy with the the what they call the drivability of the of the engine that you provide. And I just wondered if that's like a you know, is that a huge uh, factor for you to be thinking about when you're developing these engines is how they're 
how the driver is actually going to feel the, the the drivability of the car. I mean, it sounds like um, it sounds like maybe a bit of an obvious question, but it, it, I don't think drivability is something that maybe a fan knows exactly what that is. So it's quite difficult to kind of put your finger on in a, in a, in a way. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good point. The it's not quite as good. They're, people are complimentary, but we're, we're never good enough. You, you've got this, <laughs> you know, seven hundred plus beast sat there trying to you know, spin tires, all that sort of stuff. And it's down to the driver's skill to control that. So, you know, we need to have something that what he asks for, he gets, which drivability is as simple as that. If he asks for a, a certain torque or she asks for a certain torque, they should get it. And that's our job to make sure what they ask for, they get. And there's no surprises. You really don't want a surprise at 150 miles an hour, do you, coming out of the corner? Or <laughs> so, the, so, the, so the, but it's never... It's never quite good enough. So we got work to do on the winter over that. And then, but you sort of order, to give an insight, it's all about power. So, you know, make this thing very powerful. Um, then <laughs> then make it so it's fuel efficient and then make it so it's drivable and then keep it in one piece. And it's pretty much, that's the, that's the golden rule of sort of powertrain engineering. It's pretty much really, you want, you know, it's a racing car. It spends a lot of its time at full full load and stuff. So the thing has to be performing. And then, you know, all the other bits that I just mentioned have to all slot together. And sometimes you have to compromise it. But the often they, you know, often it becomes obvious what the right choices are. And then that's why we have some good simulation tools. Within all that, you're not just guessing anymore. Run some lap time simulation with all those variables. What makes the car faster? Overall, it's lap time that counts. So how do you minimize that lap time? So we we have some a smart group and smart people that will knit that together for us and try and understand what makes the minimum lap time. I guess I wanted to ask you about Alex Blow as well. We, we'd be silly not to, to talk about him for, for a minute, uh, given the, the context of the season. And I think that maybe if we've got people who, um, you know, occasionally pick this podcast up coming from a, a Formula One background or maybe a more kind of European view on things. And I guess one of the big differences in IndyCar is that Honda and Chevrolet have the simulators effectively. So whereas in Formula One, obviously all the teams have got their own or, or they use the Laras or, or whatever, obviously Honda and Chevrolet have got the, the main simulators in IndyCar. So I guess you've seen quite a lot of Alex Pillow in terms of you know, him as a person in the simulator, but also his data and, and things like that. So what's impressed you? You know, you've worked with, you know, some phenomenal drivers in, in your career. What, what's been so impressive about Alex this season? Well, there's there's, there's a couple of things. It's funny how you say Alex Pillow and the European people being interested. I've, I've just snuck off for a week's kiteboarding down in Mexico. And there's a Spanish guy, Jose, um, who runs Nomad Kiteboarding. And we, he didn't know I was in IndyCar. We just happened to be chatting. And the moment I mentioned IndyCar, he went, Alex Pillow. <laughs> so, so, oh, so there's this fan base down in Mexico from Spanish people, you know, from a guy from Spain, which is pretty impressive, isn't it? So that, that helps. Yeah, for but, sure. Um, coming back to your original question, it just made me smile when I got here and we actually drifted on to that sort of stuff. But anyway, back to your original question. Yeah. Hey, Alex, is, there's, there's a few things. So it's super fast, obviously. So, you know, stick on pole. <laughs> but then... These days, they're looking at people, the top class drivers, how they go, how they go about their business, their method, and you can see that in the in the simulator, just the methodical way of understanding how the car is behaving, improving the performance, and the driver 
the, the champions are the ones that are probably best at that. So a lot, a lot of them have the speed, but then there's that extra mental capacity that goes into being a champion. And I've, I've been lucky enough to see it in different areas. And after a little while, I wouldn't say, you know, I'm not uh, precocious enough to say you can spot it, but you can notice it at a certain point when it, you know, when it becomes really obvious that speed is, you know, speed is king. There's this extra mental capacity bandwidth to do extra stuff while being really fast and their method to, again, understand and improve and adapt. You want the car to be as good as it can, but at a certain point you have to also adapt to the car. And the the, the champions seem to have a way of doing that mentally and all that sort of stuff. So, and Alex has got all that. That's um, when he... Last, even last year when he was in the simulator, that became obvious, to be honest. So, you know, hats, hats off to him. There's a, a, there's a super strong, you know, there's, you know, there's massive further potential there, I think. So it's not, you know, just looking how the guy works, it's not a surprise what he's achieved. Yeah. And I, I guess you've worked with him, you know, particularly closely through the season because he's been maybe the driver kind of worst affected by the kind of four four engines in, in IndyCar rule, I guess. And and that's something you will have, you know, it's, I'm sure there's been a, some misfortune there uh, in, in that all happening in kind of one season and how that's played out. But I guess that what I kind of wanted to put to you is it, I guess it kind of, um, it, it shows people how difficult it is to make it through a season with, just four engines and it only takes one or two bits of, of misfortune to really, you know, affect a season. And it's, um, it's, it's a really difficult time to, to be involved on that side from, from a HPD point of view, I'm sure. Yeah. It keeps us, keeps us, uh, excited and on our toes. And obviously <laughs> if it's going to go wrong. It's going to go wrong with the champion. And, you know, <laughs> so the, yeah, the, um, that's, that's again, but you know, um, us and Chevy are pushing each other hard. There's no, there's no place mm. to hide here, and for the teams, there's no place to hide. So you got to put it all on the table. And occasionally, just it's not. Yeah, we do a lot of durability work, quality work, but occasionally it catches you out because there's so many. Yeah, I've been involved. I was lucky enough to be involved in Formula One, but you're sort of running two cars. I mean, we're we're running averagely fourteen or fifteen cars now, and the. Yeah. Trying to sort the quality stuff out for all that is it's it's a whole science in itself, effectively. So, and you know, occasionally you might just have a mistake or something. We're all human. When you do stuff, if you don't do anything, you won't make any mistakes. If you do stuff, occasionally there's going to be some stuff that goes wrong. You just have to react to it, understand it, fix it. Yeah, we didn't. We we made Alex's life a bit more exciting than he would have hoped for. I think part way through the season, <laughs> but anyway, we 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 got over it, and you know, you just these things happen, and not good, not you know, that's my fault. Effectively, I'm responsible for that stuff fundamentally. So then, okay, what are we going to do about it? And you knuckle down and sort some stuff out. So and understand understand it, but you know, like I said, when you do stuff, no, I've I've yet to see perfection. So. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard work across the season, but you, you know, to, you know, just to, to kind of counter that, I guess, you know, he's won 10 of the 16 races this year, won the last two championships and the last two Indy 500s and Alex has won the championship. So in, in, in the sum, you know, the sum total of things it's, it's worked out well. It's just a good example of, 
I guess uh, even for some of our, our listeners who, who remember IndyCar from from decades gone by, how different things are now that you have to make an engine, yeah. you know, four engines last for a season. It's just, it's alien concept for people who are maybe a bit more familiar with the sport from, from years gone by. Yeah, that's a, it's a case across most models, but really done to try and be sensible economically to make the yeah. engine last longer. But then... The amazing thing is, the thing I've seen during my career, they last longer, but they they effectively, you know, specifically make more performance. It's not like, um, you know, we you, you back the thing off. It's a competition. So that's good engineering because you've made it more reliable and more performing and typically more fuel efficient. So like all, you know, that's what engineers do, isn't it? They just keep moving things forward. So... It's, it benefits other areas effectively, but yeah, the, it's a challenge. You know, you, you're you're on this raggedy edge, and if you have one small problem, you know, there's there's nowhere to hide with it, as you can see. And uh, Dan Layton, who's also uh, kind of hidden in the background here, who looks does a great job of uh, HBD's PRs. Just reminded me that you've won the last four manufacturers' titles, as well as the last, uh, as well as been an engine manufacturer that's won the last two drivers' championships. So, I've uh, I've even uh, I've even hard done to there for uh, for a minute, but <laughs> we've corrected that and given you your credit, David. So that's what it's all about. It's not my credit. It's a it's Wells. It's a team's credit. I just I just. I work for the I work for the guys. I help them, and then yeah, thank you to Honda because we we get great support. And there's a few things there when you do this stuff. Occasionally, you get the chance to make a little bit of history. So that's the first time we've won four manufacturers. Honda's, you know, been in IndyCar racing for 27 years. I think I need to do a sum, but you know, continuously. And that's the first time in those, in the company's history, we've won four in a row. So the, the, the guys and girls at HPD are incredibly proud. And, um, you know, this year we also, we do the Acura sports car stuff and we won Daytona for the first time in the company's history as well. So we've had worse years, but, you know, <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. Reset and you have to do it again. It's only as good as your, you're only as good as your current year. You know what I mean? The, yeah racing's brutal in that that sort of way for sure well in that respect uh, a lot of the teams I'll be speaking to at the moment have still got big decisions to make about about 2022 and are still moving things around obviously a lot of them are sorted now with things like driver lineups and engineers and that kind of thing but there's still the old team who are still kind of uh, deciding which direction to go and, and things like that but but like we said earlier you know your work for for next year will have started <laughs> a long time ago so give us a give us a flavor of if there is anything in particular you're kind of um, you're kind of working on or if not the the kind of um, the approach that you're taking towards 2022 and I guess a, a big season is as the the kind of last one of this rule set so one that you, you'll be sure to you know try and finish off in the, the best possible way I imagine yeah I mean the as I said you know what can you understand a little bit more about aero what can you understand more about the vehicle dynamics what can you understand more is a what else is left in the engine that we're allowed to play with so you know, there's all, and then, like you say, drivability and all that sort of stuff. So we we try and make a list, and but the there's another challenge at the moment. We have a new powertrain coming for 2023, so we're trying to work on that as well. So you try and balance your resources between, you know, making sure you do a good job now and making sure you do a good job in the future. So that's a, you effectively got two programs at the moment, IndyCar programs that we're running. So we're trying to trying to balance our resources um, between both of them, actually. 
I'm sure that's something you used to do for me Formula One days. So that that won't be too much of a, a kind of uh, a head mashup for you. I'm sure you'd be well prepared for that. Okay, I, I, I don't know if you ever get used to it, to be honest. <laughs> so, but yeah, you, you're not as scared as you originally were. But you, it's not something you get used to, to be honest. I don't think. <laughs> I guess just finally, I wanted to ask you about uh, Roman Grosjean and, you know, obviously he's such a, a big story from the 2021 IndyCar season, just because of how quickly he's, he's kind of taken to, um, how quickly he's taken to IndyCar as a whole. But obviously you've got to work with him a little bit this season as well. And and also he takes a bit of a step up next year um, with with moving to Andretti and, and doing the whole season, the Indy 500. I, I guess what have you kind of seen from him this year and and I, I guess I know the answer to this question but you must be excited to see you know what he can do with with that kind of step up and with the full season to to really uh, make the most of it well the it's it's exciting isn't it it's it's great for IndyCar it's great for Romain I mean the he's 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 a lovely guy and uh, yeah he's fast mm. but he's just extremely pleasant guy and he apparently seems to have got me and my daughter into kiteboarding so that's good <laughs> so the um, so yeah it's it's you know he's it's and I think he's enjoying you know we have a lot of great drivers in IndyCar we have a lot of great teams and he's enjoying he's pretty open in the IndyCar paddock so I think he's really enjoying that level of competition and you know I mean Fedo's the Dale coin it just somehow always Pops it out, doesn't he? And Roman's been in chances to win, put it on pole, all that sort of stuff. So you, I think, from a driver's point of view, you get the chance to be to show what you can do to be successful. I mean, it's an engineering exercise, but uh, also it's nice that the driver can still make the difference. So I think um, you know, I think it's awesome. Yeah, it's been delightful for him to come, and um, just on a human level, you know, it's just delightful guy and with you know family and all that sort of stuff which is all the things that matter in life and uh but it's nice to see him enjoying it who knows what will happen next year you know if we all had the crystal ball we'd be uh would be great <laughs> but you know he's 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 he will he will do well i am sure and uh it's going to be exciting isn't it it's the ante just gets keeps getting raised and raised and raised and there's you know <laughs> Point one of a second in qualifying now, you can be hero to zero. So you know it should be should be exciting. There's a lot. I don't know. There's you can't really tell who's going to win, which I think actually is part of what motorsport should be. Really, shouldn't it? So that's. that's good. I think. Uh, I think point one of a second would be a massive gap at yeah, the moment. You mentioned. Alex Pillow's approach uh, earlier on when we were when we were talking about him and uh, I guess I was kind of interested to get the end of season and kind of reflection on Roman from that point of view as well because I know pre-season that was kind of a big opportunity for, for HBD to kind of you know maybe benchmark your simulator against what what Roman's been doing recently in in Formula One and I, I guess you've had a season with him with a with a bit of a fresh approach you know coming from so recently from Formula One and giving you, obviously you've had Marcus Ericsson recently as well, but Roman just giving you that bit of up-to-date kind of uh, impact. And I know Fernando Alonso was a, a big kind of, played a big role in in the early, um, you know, simulator performance at, at HPD. So I guess Roman, has he, has he been helpful from that point of view through the season as well? Oh, massively. So to the credit of um, Ben 
Ben Schmidt who runs a group and Davido runs uh, the simulator group over in um, uh, Indianapolis and all all the guys involved. The uh, the biggest compliment we get typically is like Roman jumped in it and sort of said it's good, which is you know we and bear in mind the guys make a lot of the physics underneath it and stuff. It's that's a huge compliment to the team there, HPD that works in it. But like always. You need to improve it, so we're we're you know you're striving for you know to get as good as you get. I don't think perfection actually exists, but you need to get close. But um, the to having like Roman there and everyone, you can see the guys with the method. To you have to use a simulator in a particular way. To be honest with you, I'm I'm learning this. It's not you know it's not exactly the car but you, you need to know how to use the simulator and the ones that do seem to get the most out of it. And some of that is training and attitude and stuff, but then that helps us and then we can improve it. And it's this, it's this loop that improves, but you know, that's a critical part of what we do. And, um, <clears throat> you know, people have been quite complimentary about it, but you can never remember it's the thing about a simulation is you're just trying to figure out how wrong it is. So, um, <laughs> and you know, you want it to be less wrong because it's, you know, you cannot simulate everything that is a physical reality. So simulation is typically how wrong is it and how close can I get it? And then you have to put equal amount of work into validating it against reality. So there's all those processes go on, but it's a continuous, you know, these things get better and better and better, but there's a huge amount of work from, very smart people uh, that that goes into this stuff. Yeah, well, I'm sure the what you're getting at the moment is a a kind of reward for the effort that you've put into the simulator because obviously no one could have predicted the the pandemic. But what what the pandemic yeah. has has done is you know naturally reduced track time that we've seen in in IndyCar. So you know we've seen the weekends being shortened sometimes to a day or, or two days, whereas previously we would have had two or three practices, and we've seen you know, testing being reduced quite significantly as well. And we hear the drivers talk about that and, and the impact that has on them being prepared for a, a race weekend or or them perfecting their car setup. But maybe what we don't hear as much is how that affects, you know, the likes of yourselves and, and Chevrolet also trying to to make these small gains in 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 your departments as well. And and the 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 kind of reduction in testing has has, has had a you know a drastic impact on that. So the simulator is obviously your, your, has kind of been your best tool over the past couple of seasons. Yeah, it's been extremely incredible. Like, like I say, all these things add up. So, but that's a key. That's a key one of your engineering foundations. Really, you got all these blocks in your foundation, and you need them to be solid so you can build on top of them. Is the way you often think about these things. So, um, yeah, and the simulation for engine development and the simulation for aerodynamics, all the CFD and stuff. And you have to have all these solid, well proven uh building blocks that look at each bit of the car and you just keep building on top of them and they're all important but the simulator has been you know a huge part of that and all the effort and then you know all the effort that goes into all the other bits as well this you know you're just trying to continuously improve your engineering and understand what you're doing well, David, I'd love to pick your brain for the next few hours about IndyCar engines, and I'm sure the listeners would love that, but we will let you get back to your holiday in Mexico and to continue talking to, to your new Spanish friend about Alex Polo. And uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he'll be very interested to learn what you do when you when you tell him what, what your chosen profession is. Well, 
I'm trying to find out who's got the best job because <laughs> I think if he, he owns Nomad Kiteboarding down here. I think he's he's got a pretty good job, but he's very interested in my job. But you know, we'll see. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> well thanks so much for joining us like I said it's been a pleasure to hear more about Honda's season and also uh, what were you kind of looking at uh, for, for next season as well it's been really interesting to hear so thanks for joining this episode of the Races IndyCar podcast so that was David Salters president of Honda Performance Development which won this year's Manufacturers Championship and Drivers Championship with Alex Pillow that's all for this week we'll be back regularly through the off season to bring you the latest storylines from the IndyCar world and make sure you check out the hyphenrace.com for more news, features, and analysis. Goodbye for now.